I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome to What Drives You. I'm Kevin Miller, and just thank you for joining me as I talk with today's most influential changemakers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaways from their insights so you can integrate that wisdom and leverage the power of your unique inner drive and wake up every day to your authentic, driven, and inspired life. In this episode, we continue this series on avoiding burnout. Now, my catalyst initially for this was Dr. Niha Sangwan. Uh, she's a doctor who just did that, burned out. Hopefully you heard the first show with her. Her new book is Powered by Me, From Burnout to Fully Charged at Work and in Life. I just saw that she was on the Today Show alongside Mel Robbins and is going to be on Mel's show and was on Gabby Reese's and Dr. Mark Hyman. So she's really hit a nerve with this aspect of burnout. Someone else who I know who is very well versed in this topic is Heather Monahan. We did a series on confidence just a couple months ago uh, that I really urge you to check out. And Heather's a two-time best-selling author, first with her book, Confidence Creator, now with her latest book, Overcome Your Villains, Mastering Your Beliefs, Actions, and Knowledge to Conquer any adversity. You can find those, of course, on Amazon. Heather's also the host of the Creating Confidence podcast, which you'll generally find the top 200 podcasts overall in Apple Podcasts. I encourage you to check that out on whatever platform you're listening to right now. Heather, thanks for being back with me. Evan, thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Well, I know it's a topic that you have dealt with uh, a lot and have a lot of expertise and understanding and knowledge in, which I mean, I do in burnout. Now, I don't, you know, I haven't been to the corporate world where you have not to say that that's where it often happens, but it seems like that's where we hear about it most. And I wanted to get, yeah, kind of your highlight take on this concept of burnout and first off, what you see it resulting primarily from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, w- I will say I am no longer in corporate America, as you know. However, when I was, I mean, it happens so often. It's so prevalent. You see those people that are so overweight, sleep deprived, um, sick all the time, and nobody talks about it. At least they certainly didn't when I was there six years ago. 
people, you know, it wasn't something that people were concerned about one another. No, you were, you know, people are talking about cuts and next round of budget cuts and how can you take more work on your plate and just watching people fall apart right in front of you, myself included. You know, I, I went through a period where I threw my back out. I had hair loss, I had all these things going on and never once stopped and thought that, you know, it was burnout and, and from the lifestyle specifically at work that I was living. Well, I am enamored somewhat with, well, with any topic, with what our cultural kind of perspective is. And I think we're often missing it. I know with this one, with burnout, the consummate thing that even I used to think about was, oh, you burned out because you're just working too much. And that's the one where I realized, and I, again, I'll, rich, I'll, I'll uh, credit uh, uh, Richie Norton with him saying, this was months ago, he says, man, I just, I see, see, he said, the people that I am most inspired about, they work a ton but they just love what they do or they really, or they find purpose and give me your thoughts on, on that, on what is really causing burnout. What did for you, what you have seen with other people, what's at the root of it? I think that could be different for everybody, right? So a couple of things, when I was younger and I was an equity partner in corporate America, I worked seven days a week around the clock. And I, that forced me or I chose to give up working out in exchange for business. That was a horrible decision that physically put me at a deficit so that I didn't have the same energy levels as before, right? So I didn't know it at the time, but I was sacrificing something so important to me for my energy, for my well-being, for my sleep. And it took almost a year for me to get it. And I remember thinking, I don't feel well anymore. I don't know what's going on. I liked what I did. I liked the people I worked with. I was under pressure, but I was always under pressure. And then finally, one day I thought, oh my gosh, I don't work out anymore. I, I've loved working out in my life. So I very deliberately said, I'm going to start working out at this boot camp or whatever. Like I committed to held myself accountable doing something. I ended up becoming an instructor there at this place within like two months and loved it. And so suddenly I was still, still working a ton, working around the clock, same job. But I was, I had so much more energy and I was feeling so much better because I was prioritizing my health. So that that's like, one instance where poor decisions and sacrifice for work where you think you're doing the right thing. Actually, I was a shell of the person that I ended up becoming again when I got back to what I love doing. So that's one element. Another thing that I remember vividly in corporate America when I was in the C-suite is working side by side with a negative person that didn't treat me well, that I didn't have the best boundaries with. Over time, I didn't notice it overnight, but this is when I threw my back out and started losing my hair. I didn't notice it because it wasn't like a, a light switch where it's like, ah, that's it. No, I just started not feeling so good about myself. I, you know, my sleep was disrupted all the time. I didn't feel energized when I got home. I started not liking my job slowly. Again, it wasn't overnight because then in some instances I'd go to a certain event or be with certain people and I loved it, but then I'd get back around this negative person again. And I didn't realize it was seeping into every area of my work environment, my work life to the point where I started hating going to work, right? So, but it wasn't necessarily the work I was doing. I used to love it. It was allowing one person at a really high level, close proximity to me into my world that really changed everything dynamically. Well, that's why I had you on. I figured you'd pull some new stuff out of this. So what I'm hearing, one, is that even in work that you found, I'm going to say purpose and I mean, or you enjoyed e either way. So the work itself was good. But if you uh, kind of the too much of anything is just too much, even if it's a good thing. So if you did that at the sake of giving up the other key areas in your life, that's a resulting possibility of burnout. So for those of uh, who are here and who are in something they love, 
if you're doing it at the sake of, well, to, to you, your health and wellness. So, hey, man, the job's great. It's inspiring, making money, having fun, whatever. But over here on this side, you're going to tank if you're not taking care of your health and wellness. Seems pretty simple, but is highly prevalent, obviously. Yeah, but you know what's so interesting? I And I just thought of a woman in mind specifically. She's yeah. all the time. Like, colds, like, you know, definitely had COVID multiple times, like definitely had something all the time, but she thinks it's so normal that she's always like, I'm just, you, you hit the lucky genetics club, Heather, which I did not hit the lucky genetics club, right? Like, and it's so funny. It was just on um, a zoom earlier today for an interview for my show with a doctor. And he was talking about this, that so often we just want to attribute it to other things instead of looking at it for what it really is, our choices, our decisions, the sacrifices we make or not make, but we get in these routines and we just start to expect it. And we think that it's just the way life is when it's not. Well, it's got to be a highlight right there with burnout, like a lot of things like anxiety, like whatever, that we have just normalized it. And so I'm supposed to ask you, especially if you're, you know, at, at a seemingly high level, uh, you know, how's, how's work? Oh, overwhelmed, busy, whatever. And there's your credibility. I mean, when's the last time? Well, I'm going to ask this. I, I think you're privileged as I am to run in some good circles where you probably do hear this, but for the norm to go out and ask somebody, you know, how's work doing for them to go, it's great. It's great, man. I'm having fun, but I'm enjoying life on this, you know, outside of that and just kind of good. I got time. What's happening with you? I mean, you just, it's just not that we've normalized the expectancy that even with decent work that you are strung out, that may be one of the worst culprits. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. But we do know people that actually feel like that, that are so happy. But conversely, this is interesting. My equity, I was an equity partner in my early 20s and my other partner funded everything and I was a sweat equity partner. I went out and did the work and he remained close my entire career. Very, very wealthy man. It's interesting. He DM'd me a couple weeks ago and I had posted something. I had a board meeting um, and I had posted something about the board meeting and how amazing it is being on a board because the people you work with that are at such a high level and the work you're doing is, you know, visionary work and it's so exciting. And he DM'd me and he hasn't worked in years. And he said, hey, is there any way you can throw my name in for the next board seat that opens up? I need to re-engage again. I'm not feeling like myself anymore. And I think that's almost like the opposite of burnout. He's just been sitting around and being complacent. And yeah, golf was fun for a while. And but now he's not challenging his mind. He's not doing purpose-driven work. He's not feeling excited. And and that everything he was describing, he's like, I'm a shell of myself. I don't I don't even recognize who I am when I look in the mirror anymore. I don't know. I think like it's it's somehow finding doing the things that you love, feeling like you're driving purpose, doing it with good people that you love, right? And using your skills and talents in an environment that's positive and healthy for you, and bringing all that together is really that's the ideal. That's interesting. Instead of burned out, he's bored out, basically. Um, but it's affecting him in ways he's feeling negative about himself. Like it's hurting his self-esteem. It's hurting his yeah. sleep. He doesn't know wh- where what his North Star is anymore. So it's it's even bigger than just being bored. Well, yeah. Oh, well, gosh, that's another, that's a whole other show coming back to retirement and purpose and whatnot, which I just can't, I just can't fathom uh, not waking up with something I'm interested to do uh, or retiring in general. On your negative person, and you said you didn't realize what it was doing, it reminds me of the old concept of, it's, it's kind of a, a cliche that somebody used of, you know, the, the big earthquakes and tsunamis and whatever, these big destructive things are what gain the media's attention. But in a, it was like some research thing, but in a normal year, a lot more damage is done by termites, by those little 
you know, seemingly insignificant things. And yeah, I wonder on burnout, the stories that I have heard are not so much like the big, blatant, huge, terrible thing that happened that led up to burnout. It's just this over time, these little nagging things like you talked about with negativity that all of a sudden got you to a perspective of not liking your job that was totally wrong. How many people have seemingly burnt out of a good thing and it wasn't the thing, it was the side termite, fair? Yeah, no, that that's so true. However, like I look back, I complained to people in my inner circle, like my tight inner circle. I complained about this woman. I knew she was bothering me. So I can't pretend that I had no idea. I just did not know to the extent. And that's for anyone listening. Oh my gosh, if you have someone that is like slowly, you know, really getting to you and grinding on you and you're trying to ignore it, stop ignoring it before you have health problems. Stop ignoring it before you you start experiencing serious burnout because it can affect every part of your life. Like you said, these little termites, little issues that are out there, whether it's toxic culture or toxic person or or work that you hate doing, right? Like you see people who are in accounting, but they're supposed to be in art and painting. And over time, they've lost like their their excitement for life. It's affecting everything. And you're doing something you're not meant to be doing. And the the sooner you can accept it and say, okay, I don't know what the answer is today to get out of here, but I've got to start working on it. That is interesting. And I'm actually trying to look up something that you reminded me of. Um, Yesterday, I saw this. I don't remember who wrote it. It's a quote. Let me read it here. And it says, well, because what you're getting me to, I'm, I'm jumping to the gun before I give the preface, is misalignment. You know, so here you were in uh, a work that was good, but you were, I'm going to, I'm going to say unaligned misalignment either way with a person that you were working in with, that was being negative, uh, that how many different things can we be out of alignment with that could lead up to this? And this quote, which again, I apologize for not remembering who wrote it. It was don't sell anything you wouldn't buy yourself. Don't work for anyone you don't respect and admire work only with people you enjoy. People are laughing right now listening to this, Kevin, because, and, and I get why. Um, I didn't think I had a choice back then, right? Like if you wanted to make it to this level, of course you're going to be working with some asshole somewhere. That's just reality. And you know what? It's different when you work for yourself and it's different when you have a lot of experience and expertise. You have that, um, you have that ability and that knowing to say, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do to replace this client or replace this business model, or whatever, but I'm going to figure it out because I'm going to bet on me. And I know riding with people like this is not going to pay off for me. I know that the hard way. So I do make those decisions now, but that's not something, especially when you're younger and you haven't seen the movie yet, or you don't have all that confidence in yourself yet. It, it can be difficult to actually embrace that as a truth. Well, and okay, so that can sound idealistic and maybe like a a luxury. And I do give kudos to the person because I've done it, you've done it, where you went in there and you made something happen, even amongst some hard things and you gained a level and it got you to the next thing. And that's great. But to commit to that long term, kind of like the, you know, even the survival mode that everybody's been in and you do the work to just pay the bills, man, whatever it is, you'll dig ditches. It doesn't matter. That's awesome. What a, you know, you're a hero for doing that for a time. Now to commit to doing that for the rest of your life, it is going, I think that what hits me, like these three things, if you do that long-term, it's not benign. It's going to take a toll. It's going to manifest somewhere. And in this case, it could take you out of, it could take you out of a great job or it could just, regardless, it's going to take you out. Kind of like you did, you know, before, I mean, we could add to that list, 
you know, also, even if you have all those three great things and you do them like Heather did back in the day, seven days a week at the exclusion of everything else, that's going to take its toll as well. That's no different than, you know, I see these people. I remember growing up, I had a friend who her father was incredibly successful, like financially, right? And C-suite of massive, massive, massive companies. And so everything on the outside looked perfect, but he had a stay-at-home mom that was with his two kids all the time, and he was never there. Cut to, I remember I graduated college, and I always had a great relationship with him. I ran into him somewhere, and he started crying as soon as he saw me, and I was like, whoa, bro, what's going on? Like, get it together. Are you okay? And he unloaded on me that I was gone all those years, that you, like, I barely saw you kids. You know, here I was, I was just his daughter's best friend. You know, I barely saw you because I missed so much of your life. I regret that so much now because he just retired or was getting ready to retire. And it was so interesting that to see visibly how these decisions he made, these sacrifices he made, which I'm sure started with like, yeah, he wanted to provide for his family and he wanted them to have a good life. It got ahead of him in some way that he ended up walking away from you know, what he truly wanted and to watch him suffer like on a random Saturday running into me like that. That wasn't normal, right? To have someone that you hadn't seen in a couple of years to start crying when they saw you. It was just interesting to me, like these choices that we make, we get caught up in doing the right thing at first and then it gets away from you. And, you know, you're next thing you know, it's five, 10 years, 15 years later. And you're looking back and you're like, why didn't I pump the brakes before? Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit. 
which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you're looking back and you're like, why didn't I pump the brakes before? That's such a great point. It's so pithy to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. I mean, if we had somebody who, or if I did, if I came and said, man, you know, you, you asked me how things are going. I mean, it's awesome. I'm getting so much acclaim. Let's say I'm getting acclaim and status and and whatnot. And you said, great, and make a good money. No, none. I mean, hardly any. I can't even keep the lights on. I think you'd say, well, that's probably not going to last or maybe not be the wisest thing. Now, if we flip that and this is the pithy part of it and and say, you know, how's the job? Oh man, it's hard. It's, you know, overwhelming seven days a week. I'm, you know, it's just a grind, whatever. Gosh, how's it pay? Holy crap. Off out of, uh, off the roof, man. It's just, it's like, we're like cool, cool. I'm yeah. For you. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it's pithy to say, but I mean, culturally we will accept the success I mean, gosh, we could take that beyond a lot of things, you know, success in any way with, we almost expect, gosh, that's a, is that another norm? We expect with great success, we expect normalize some significant collateral damage. Yeah. I, sadly, I think that that, that is true. It's just, it's so disappointing to, to hear. And I don't know, the older you get and the more you see people, I define success differently now than I used to. I used to, when I was a kid, I, like it was just financial. That was it. But now health is like number one relationship with their family. I can't imagine not having good relationship with my kid. Like if, if that was happening at the cost of having success at work, then that's not the right combo for me. Like to me now that's a big, like, oh red flag. This isn't working. Like we need to adjust. But at different points in your life, like you said, when you're trying to pay the bills or whatever, you know, you kind of tune out of that stuff to focus in on what it is you're trying to achieve. But any of those situations can arrive in someone being burnt out because you're not embracing like your whole life and or you're ignoring parts of your life to just get through a window of time, which can be devastating. Okay. You said time. Isn't that, I don't, again, I, I, I so, uh, sometimes I'm on fire and I can recall everybody who said whatever today, I'm not getting it, but I remember the point that somebody made. And it was drawing me back. Maybe you saw this too. And it was, they showed a, a billboard of kind of like, the, maybe like a, a, a cigarette ad way back in the day, but it was, you know, some successful person on a yacht, you know, smoking. And it was about kind of leisure and like they'd made it, you know, and leisure. And they said today that same billboard would show the person in a car with a driver on a laptop, talking on a phone, you know, doing a Zoom call, all this busy stuff. And we don't have leisure over here. We don't have, you know, rest, Sabbath, whatever you want to call it. And it's interesting because I mean, I want to brag and say, I'm kind of at a place where I'm, I mean, I got plenty to do. It's not like the calendar's empty, but I've got time. And, you know, every once in a while I have somebody go, Hey man, you got a minute? Oh yeah. I've had people, you know, I text me and, you know, I guess I got this thing. Cause you think at some point we could talk and I'll go now. And, and they almost 
don't know what to do with it. And I almost feel ashamed too. Like apparently I don't have enough going on that I actually just have free time right this second. Do you, I mean, you ever felt that? No. <laughs> All right. No, no, but the difference is what well, I'm newer in my entrepreneurial journey than you are, I think. So it's like, for me, I'm, I'm just not there yet. I can't wait until that is my situation. That'd be incredible. But you know what? I saw it differently. When you painted the picture of the guy on the yacht with the cigarette, and then you juxtaposed it with a guy being driven on a cell phone on a computer, to me, I saw it as now we know the long-term impact of cigarettes. We didn't back then. (laughs) Fair, fair. We don't know the long-term impact of having a cell phone attached to your ear and a computer on your lap 24-7. So to me, immediately, I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's such an interesting juxtapose. Because we just don't know yet. Like, what will, you know, 50 years from now, people be saying, oh, can you imagine that's when they used to have a phone attached to their head everywhere they were? It's funny. I'm looking at my email, literally, I'm sure you get this all the time. People, you know, inquiries from agencies that have people on your show. And this is one from a guy. And uh, it's about um, the the latest addiction. And it's just what you said. All the cell phones and whatever. I'll have to check it out now because you got me interested in it. But it was about that. (laughs) need to have them on. <laughs> yeah, I probably need to have them on. Well, you know, and, and I say that, well, go, go with me here though, when you look at the people that you would say have success in their life, because mine is somewhat too. I just don't like, I feel confined by too much structure. So I try to leave open time that works for me. And I know other people who work relatively very little as, as far as actual work in their business. They're working far less than a lot of people who have a lot, uh, you, you know, less success o- overall. But they do keep a very tight schedule because right here, this is meditation time. This is, I'm going to make it up. You know, this is golf time. This is gym time. This is work time. This is Zoom time. This is family time. This is date night. This is whatever. And so you don't call them and just get them out of the blue like that. They have it scheduled, but I'll find these people and they're busy. They're entrepreneurs now. They're busy, but oh my gosh, they don't work constantly. They're just doing stuff constantly and they're doing stuff that they love as well. They're doing a lot of life in there outside of work. Fair? Yeah, I, I do think that's fair. But gosh, listening to you explain that, I was like, oh, I can't stand that person. Anyone that schedules their whole entire life like that, that just sounds so boring to me. I just, that's what I love about like you wake up in the morning and like you get this crazy email that comes in and you're like, oh my gosh, I, this is what an amazing opportunity. I don't know. I love the, um, the newness of every day. And I don't know, to me, that just sounds I do too. And I'm sure we're getting into personality styles and, and whatnot, but some people will relate. I think you will, that even just the fact of waking up and this day, knowing there's some things that if I don't do, there might be some consequences, but either way, I get to decide what I'm doing today. Thank you, God. And I know that you get decision fatigue every once in a while. I will get there. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired of just making decisions. And that'll last for about 15 minutes until somebody else starts to make a decision for me. And then I'm back and ready to make decisions. You? But you know what's funny? I'll go out to dinner and I'm like, I don't care where we go. I don't care what we eat. I don't like order for me. It's so interesting to your point because you get so there's so much that happens in a day and your people are always looking to you like, and what do we do now? And what do you want to do here? And like, I got it. I got it. Okay, we're gonna do this. That there are different moments in my life. I'm like, whatever, whatever anybody else wants makes me happy. I just don't want to decide. That's so funny. My kids would laugh right now because that's what'll what'll happen on a given night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can we just watch something? I just want to kind of escape. Somebody, please, for the love of God, pick something. Don't make me. Yeah, yeah. I I need. I, we need a service like that. This is the mood that I'm in. 
was just what I'm eating. Please just pick something out for me. Listen, with AI, we pretty much have that. Now Netflix tells me, because you like three these three shows, Heather, here's the next three you're going to like. I'm like, thank you very much. That is fair. That is fair. Okay, well, we just need to market that more. Tell me wh- when you have, like, what are some of the key that you've experienced with yourself and other people, some of the key uh, areas of kind of the telltale signs of burnout. So when you're working, I mean, I, cause I know you're not in the, you know, you're not specifically in the core world, but you work, you coach a lot of these people, you work with these folks that where's a red flag for you of hearing somebody talk and go, Ooh, that's a red flag for this is not going to, this is not going to last or, or, or there's going to be a consequence. I'll tell you it's from the corporate side too, when they hire me for keynote speeches or from the coaching side or from the, inquiries I get to my podcast, like you do too. You see it everywhere. It's not just with one. It's it's normal, I, I believe. Unfortunately, there's so much burnout happening in the workplaces that even when I'm doing a meeting with a company and we're talking about the keynote I'm going to deliver for them, they're talking about, okay, well, how do we get people recharged, re-engaged? How do we get people motivated? Like, and you're listening, you're like, okay, well, there's an underlying problem here with what's going on at work or the work or the people they work for. like There's something that's off because if you have a great environment with people that like what they're selling, that come to work feeling good, that are taking care of themselves every day, you're not going to have disengaged people who aren't motivated to work, right? So it's just, it's interesting. It doesn't matter which side I'm hearing from, I hear the same thing. Or to cut to um, a woman that I've been coaching the last two years, from day one, it was, I'm drained all the time. I'm sick all the time. I'm constantly frustrated. My family's always telling me I'm not the same anymore. And I said, I'll never forget like the first month. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that you aren't meant to work where you're working anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the issue, you know, whether it be the people you work for, it's a company or whatever. Anyways, cut to here we are like a year and a half later. And she finally resigned. And it, it's taken a long time to realize what's so obvious to people on the outside. So start listening. When you when people who, who generally care about you, they care about your well-being, they want to help you, are all pointing out the same thing, there's something to see there. Well, it sounds, I mean, this, and Nia Sangwan, I mean, she talked a lot about this, just our lack of awareness for ourselves, you know, our lack of awareness for looking at the, I ask about red flags of seeing the red flags of ourselves, which I didn't. So my, I mean, I remember starkly my own burnout and it was it, it was bigger than work it was kind of a life burnout based on my overall feeling of i'm going to call it i don't think i've ever said this heather uh over responsibility that, that sounds altruistic that sounds kind of hoity-toity righteous or something like that but it, it's it was feeling like i'm responsible for everything and kind of wanting to i think that was my badge you know is be superman and whether it was my family, my work, my whatever, and then just realizing, holy crap, I'm just, I'm bitter. I'm not enjoying this. I guess that was the big tip off for me. But I'm, I, it took years and years to get there because I guess I had normalized that. And I had, well, I guess what we'd say too is I was getting a payoff over here. I was getting a payoff for it. So it was wearing me down. But the payoff was it was, you know, it was signing my badge of Superman. So I was, and I did it until I couldn't, which I guess... That's a good definition of burnout, eh? Yeah, I mean that's exactly that is burnout. That's that's burnout right there through your lens. Mm. So looking at you said disengaged that you find so you're being hired to speak on your topics, confidence and and whatnot, and yet what you hear are uh, testimonies to 
these folks are not engaged and you wonder why. Now you mentioned like, so are they there and they don't like the people, they don't like the environment that they're in or do they not, are they not fitting well in the role that they may be in within the company or do they not? uh, I know that I, I feel like more and more we're not as a culture or in the workplace, not as much connected with the end product or service and what our would you say contribution? Like we're not, we're not connected to an actual contribution other than, well, I guess we're back to money then if that's all we're doing it for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, that's really all about self-awareness though, that no one's, the majority of people aren't before when they wake up in the morning saying, let me think about my bigger purpose today. And you know what I'm going to encounter. Most people are rushing out the door, getting their kids fed to make it to work, to not get yelled at. So you're not late for a meeting. You know, all of this, these habits without being self or without stopping and, and journaling, without stopping and recognizing how it's impacting how you feel. So often we go to meetings with people, we walk out feeling depleted and, and exhausted and we don't stop and say, wait a minute, I probably shouldn't be interfacing with these people again in this manner. This isn't good for me, right? Like we just do the thing you're supposed to do. It, and it really, to your point, it goes back to the self-awareness. It just, it's incredible when you get in the machine and you're in the nine to five, it's so driven by that where, what is different, I believe, as an entrepreneur is my number one thing when I wake up is I need to pray. I need to work out like all the things I need to do to be my best self. I never thought like that when I was in corporate America because it felt like I was handing the keys of my life over to somebody else. And again, not every company is like that. Not every person is like that. But now I feel like I'm so much more in control of, you know, when someone wants a meeting at this time, right? I'm like, no, you know what? Actually, I'm not available at that time. Thanks for understanding. I can meet with you at this time instead. Um, and setting your own schedule is like, again, to put your well-being first and my self-awareness of this is how I function best. That I was thinking in prep for this show, I've talked about it so often, Patrick Lencioni's Working Genius. Um, that's his profile and you can go there and text like a $25 profile and it's it shows you what your working genius, where your area of core competency is. Uh, for instance, like mine is uh, uh, wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, like wonder, like to take an idea and a thought and go, oh, let's create something here. And then my second one is invent. I want to invent something to fix that or, or to meet that need. That's where I need to be the majority of the time. If I'm doing something else, I'm not in back to alignment. I'm not doing what I, I'm not, you know, the other, the other aspects of and I, these aren't the ones he uses, but, you know, like administrating things or even maximizing things coming in. Let's, let's take it and go further. There's so many things that I, you know, maybe I've got something to offer, but it's just not, it's, it's not the best role for me as a majority of what I'm doing day to day. I need to be in my, that's his call it, be in my working genius. If I'm going to, and I guess, I guess we hadn't thought, we hadn't said this, Heather, if I'm going to thrive, I mean, isn't that the difference we're talking about? We can do X and survive long-term. But if we really want to thrive, I'd say, you know, it will keep talking about inner work and outside of that. That's really at the heart of this. But if we really want to thrive, I'd say, you know, it will keep talking about inner work and outside of that. That's really at the heart of this. Yeah. I mean, well, it's that decision. Do you, are you willing and ready to risk change to, live that life that does look like thriving. Do people even believe that's possible for them? Sadly, so many people don't. Yeah. You said control. 
And again, I'm just, I love to know the, I mean, we obviously Neha wrote a book on this and you know about this, but I still find myself wondering, you know, what is, when you have a company, like you're talking about hiring you to speak and they're saying, okay, we want to get them, we want to get them, you know, jazz. We want to get them inspired. Of course, they want everybody, like you said, engaged and whatnot. I wonder what is the common, the most common denominator, the highest stat. Is it that they, I would hope that it's not that they don't enjoy the people around, but it could be a bad environment. I'm going to ask you, because again, you have more experience than I do. It, would you would you venture to say, yeah, they're often not in alignment with the people or they're not in alignment with their role? So people, their role, they're not in alignment with the product or service, or I'm tempted to say they don't feel enough control. We know autonomy. I think that's the word that's used more is pretty highly desired in the workplace, even as a quote, employee. What's your, what's your gut? It's them, right? So w- when you're describing that, I was putting myself back in the shoes. Yeah. So, you know, I was a chief revenue officer in media. For me, personally, it's because I didn't have enough decision-making ability. I didn't have enough control. That's a big part of it. And I had that negative person. But then I'm remembering some of my employees. They were long for the past when the industry that we were in was in a growth moment. The industry at that time was in a decline. And they would constantly say fixated on the past that it didn't used to be like this. It didn't, they were hanging on and, and draining themselves and putting all this energy to something that didn't exist anymore. It would drive me crazy and I'd watch it eat them alive. They hated it. Then there were people that felt they were better than those around them and they should be running at a higher level and around you know more intelligent people. So I think it depends on, it really depends on the person. It depends on the company and the industry that you work in, right? Like that phenomenon that I saw where, People have been a part of a high growth industry and then it started tanking. A lot of people struggled with that instead of looking at it as like from a fact they emotionalized it and like gave energy to it, even though it wasn't something they could impact. Interesting. You said something that made me think too of, well, you said earlier, you feel like we're seeing burnout. You're seeing burnout. You, you know, it's, it seems more than ever. I also wonder outside of all those aspects because somebody goes and checks those off the list goes no i think i'm okay i think i'm okay i think i'm okay but i'm still i'm still kind of kind of feeling it is just the pace what do you think i mean i'm curious about that as we look at you know now it's ai everything's gonna make everything you know quote easier more efficient and i look at it and go it's just gonna make things go that much faster so now if that thing that i had to write which normally takes me an hour i can use ai and it takes me 10 minutes well i'll just write six of them and take the hour up fully. I'm just going to speed up and as opposed to, and so I wonder about even just the pace that we've allowed because everything's immediate. Everything we can always do more right this second. There's no reason to wait, no reason to take a break that could just the flat out, everything be seemingly good, but just the pace that we have normalized be a primary, a decent factor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at our lifestyle in this country versus other countries, there's no doubt that the pace that we're running out, the lack of breaks, we give ourselves vacation. You know, you feel guilty if you go on vacation. Why take vacation? You'll be more behind than ever, right? No, that whole methodology is broken. But however, I I still believe if you're so connected to your purpose and your why and the work that you're doing, like say you're running a charity to help um, impoverished children that's so near and dear to your heart, you want to be running at that pace versus you're making shareholders wealthier. That's the reason why you're doing what you're doing because you're running a publicly traded company and you're disconnected from the work. You're not going to have that pull on your heart to like, I got to get back up and go for it. You're going to say, I, I'm forced to do this, you know, because it's my job. And that's a very different feeling. That agreed. 
Agreed. What is, I'll get personal with you. If you looked at you today at what you're doing today, I mean, I, you know, I know you've crafted things to fit you well so that you are thriving. If I were to say where, if you were to go a little, if you were go go a little south with yourself, with your business, where would you be? Where would you have a propensity to get out of alignment that could lead to a burnout? Like where are you most at risk? Fair question. For me now? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's a, maybe a pull or a temptation. I'm thinking about this for myself because I want to think that now I'm, I'm, I'm free of it, but you know, I, I, I know that I'm not, I can still, I can still tend to say yes to too many things that desire to be Superman can still come in. That would be, I guess that would be my answer is I still have this innate pull to take responsibility for things that I shouldn't uh, take responsibility for. And if I do, it'll lead me to aspects of burnout, bitterness, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it's still some of the same. I have never been the greatest. Like I'm the last one in a group of friends to agree to take time off and go on vacation. And I know you're good at that right now. Like you're in these groups that you make yourself go and do it. For me, I'm like, well, I can't because of this. I can't because of this. I, it's probably best that I stay. It's like this fear of, well, if you remove yourself or what if somebody else gets that or, you know, so that weird thing that drives me, that's number one. And then the other thing I'll say, which I'm struggling with, is that, you know, this whole thing, if you have to do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do, which is like, frankly, that's truth, right? When you're building a business or you're raising children or whatever. And so for me, I'm in my sixth year now of this. I still do things that aren't always like my, ah, this is what I love, love doing. But I'm like, you know what? This is building where I'm going. I can't wait until the day that I get to that place where it is like, you know what? And some people, I see people younger than me out there with less experience than me out there. And they're like, no, I wouldn't do that. That's not, that's not my thing. Like I'm saying, and I'm like, yeah, it pays really well. And that can fund this thing for you. You wouldn't want to like have a compromise there. They're like, no way, you know? So I wish I had that bravado of like, yeah, I know something else better will come because I'm going to stay fixated on the things that I love doing. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know if I would claim I'm totally there yet either heather that's uh yeah there's a you know the the fear of missing out uh aspect of that it's interesting yeah you remember it i've got these guys groups that i go out with at this really this last year has been a highlight of that of me just i just made a decision kind of a hail mary decision of seeing especially some of the the success of some of these guys and realizing i was often especially with my big family i was often the one to say no and I finally just decided I'm just going to have faith in it. I'm just going to have faith. And when they say yes, unless I literally cannot figure out how to go, I'm going to go. And I've done more this year than I have in the probably the past decade of doing stuff. But I didn't look at it. It's issue. I didn't look at it so much as a luxury. I looked at it as an investment uh, that I felt like I needed to do. And now it's interesting that I'm seeing payoff, not only just in my own heart and soul, but I'm legit getting business opportunities. I mean, it just like kind of comes out of it. Most of these guys are like us and they're in business, involved in business. They've got opportunities. And now, you know, we're going and really connecting at a deep level. And they're the ones to call up and say, you know, gosh, I'm struggling with this or I got an idea. I got an opportunity. Can I meet with you and talk about, yeah. And then it's like, Hey, you want to do this? You know, put it together. Son of a gun. Yeah. I love nothing more. It's been interesting, uh, but I had to try it to find out, I guess. Yeah, but you it, 
the ROI was there, right? Now you're glad you did it. You're going to continue doing it. Yeah, we're actually making it now official and making it a more formal uh, aspect. You know, I'm going to I'm going to bring something up though. You talked about you mentioned raising children. Here's another area where this concept of I'm not going to say so much burnout, but just being in alignment comes in. And I'll throw it to you as a mom, as a parent, uh, as you look at your son, how do you find yourself leading, guiding, influencing him towards what you think will help him be fulfilled? Listen, and you know this better than anyone with as many kids as you have. So kids don't do what we say. They do how we live or like they, right. They, they, you can do whatever you want, but listen, if I was preaching to him, do what you love and go for it every day, but I'm still in a job in corporate America with a woman that treats me like crap and I cry at night, he's going to be like, yeah, lady, whatever. We don't know what you're, you know, you don't know what you're doing. However, I've taken massive risks. So when I, and it's funny, it's the small things I believe that are showing me like these signs that, you know, he's picking up some, some good things or he's like picking up some things and he's turning it into his own. Here's an example. The other, well, number one, he created a vision board on his own with him in the NBA. And I saw it one day. I'm like, and I don't have vision boards, right? And I said, where, what, where did this come from? And, and how, why did you make this? He's like, because I'm going to the NBA and I'm going to remind myself of it every day. And I'm going to have that vision every day. And I'm going to see it every night when I go to bed and when I wake up and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm so here for this. This is so incredible. So that was like one thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's living it. And the other cool thing he did the other day that there's a lot of them, but this one just sticks out to me. I got home for a work event late the other night. He was asleep and I read an email when I got home from one of his teachers sent to the parents, not to him. And it said, your grade is not very good right now. Dylan's grade is not very good right now. I thought you parents would want to know. He has missed homework assignments. He has this, he has that. I was limited because I had no, my son's always like, I'm doing great at school this year. And he has been. And so I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So I take a screenshot of it and I send it to his phone so that when he wakes up in the morning, he's going to see it. I'm like, hey, talk to me about this first thing in the morning when you wake up. Well, anyways, he comes out and he says, mom, I'm telling you that's not accurate. He had COVID. He's like, I was out for a week. Everything she's citing is from work when I was out that week. I'm telling you this is wrong. I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it? He goes, I got it. And I said, okay. So this was the coolest thing. He's 16. Um, halfway through that day, he CCs me on an email to the teacher. And it was so incredible. He's like, Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much for the correspondence my parents. However, I have a couple of questions and I happen to disagree with your findings. And again, he wasn't rude. He wasn't disrespectful. He was direct and he wasn't apologetic about it. And then he listed the dates that you have in question here are from when I have a doctor's um, note and I actually had COVID. If you're not aware, I will make sure to get that note to you again. Would you agree that that clarifies this issue and that we no longer have an issue there? Number two, if you don't like the situation with my notebook, could you show me what success looks like so that I can model against it? I'm not sure what I'm doing incorrectly here. As always, I appreciate your help and look forward to meeting this afternoon. I loved it. It was one of those examples of like that I didn't have when I was younger. Don't apologize that you have a different perspective. Own who you are. Be respectful. Ask people for for help and and look for solutions and move forward with it. And I just I was so proud of the way he handled it versus, uh, oh, gosh, I don't know why you're upset with me or and I didn't mean to do anything wrong. Like He just he handled it like an adult. And I was just I was so pleased. Well, I just love you testifying, if I heard correctly, that those aren't those aren't things, the vision board and that type of response that you specifically 
told, uh, guided him, taught him to do, but you're aware that he has seen you act in a similar manner. Right. But it wasn't exactly like me. It's things in the arena of me, but right. the lens of him through his personality, which made me that much more happy. Yeah. Oh, I love you saying that because I spent, I got the benefit of having three kids early on and we thought we were done. And then later on, you know, had more. So I did things with the first three that I realized later that didn't produce great fruit, uh, you know, in and of itself. And later on, they told me, yeah, that's not that. That didn't work. What did work. And now we get to do that with the younger. And it's really a lot to that. It's not the stuff that I preach. It's the stuff that I do. And uh, maybe, you know what, Heather, just we're, we can talk about parenting. It's it's my show, so we can just go where we want to. But it has been one of the biggest benefit, um, not biggest benefit, biggest epiphanies, I should say, is so much more to what you said than what I have taught them about, yeah, going forward with purpose and going forward in things that fit them is just them seeing me do the same and me going after the kids have, have loved seeing me take off and fly to Mexico with these guys and fly to Jackson hole and fly this. They're like, dude, dad is living it. And I'm, you know, cause I'm, I'm still feeling like, gosh, really I'm taking off and, you know, leaving the family and spending money doing this other. And the kids just love it and testify that it inspires them to do that in their lives. Exactly. To the lens of whatever that looks like for them, but it gives them the freedom and the permission to say, you should go pursue your heart and, and, and live your life. And back to what you said earlier that showcase, I do find myself going, it is not a luxury. Guys, you're you're here at home. You're t- taken care of. You have the chance to go out there, call it privilege, whatever. But you can go out there, do whatever. You want. Why would you pick something that sucks? Why would you pick something that's not? With? Now it is my job to help you the best I can to just know yourself, not tell you what to do. You mentioned, you know, spirituality earlier. There's that old quote of to train up a child in the way that they are bent, the way that they are bent, not that I bend them. But can we take that? You know, it's interesting. I've never thought about it or talked about it like this before, Heather, but why don't we take that for ourselves? Am I training myself up in the way that I am bent? Do I even know how the hell I'm bent? Uh, I guess there's step one for avoiding burnout, eh? Right. That goes back to what you said, though, about the self-awareness and and giving yourself that time to to think about these things that people think that's a luxury. There's plenty of people that, that I don't have that luxury of that kind of time. That's a necessity. Yeah. Heather, thanks. I knew you would pull new stuff out of this. I appreciate your insight and your uh, enthusiasm and your candor. So just a gift to be back with you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, you know what I, I've got, of course, I'm going to tell everybody to go uh, get the books. I'm going to list those off in just a second, but you got anything new going on? I should ask you this at the beginning of the show, anything new going on? You want me to direct people to anything you're offering or anything? I just, I just dropped a course for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi's mastermind. I'm super excited about that, working on a bunch of other things, but you can always find my stuff at heathermonahan.com. Well, yeah, heathermonahan.com. Again, go find Overcome Your Villains, uh, the book at Amazon right now. And everybody who's listening right now, wherever you're listening, go to the search thing and put in Creating Confidence and you will find Heather's show there. Again, it's usually in the top 200 of Apple Podcasts overall, which I am admittedly envious of. I'm working to get there myself. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you enjoyed this and got benefit out of it, let us know. Leave a review on Apple or Spotify. You can see this. Watch us here on YouTube or social media. We'll do all the clips and whatnot. And find me at Kevin Miller CO. And if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, 
what drives you on Amazon. And until next time, stay driven. Yeah.